Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode number 29. As a former classroom teacher, now homeschooling mom of five, I love to equip and encourage other homeschool families. So stick around to learn how to homeschool with Moxie. It's about embracing your journey and finding your groove. Show notes for today's episode can be found at 41more.com forward slash 29. This episode is brought to you by my free members only resource library. You can get access by going to 41more.com forward slash library. And this is where I put all of my freebies, my principles, my organizational sheets, any activities that I've created, especially for homeschool moms or homeschool kids. You can find all these things in my resource library and it continues to grow. But it's only for those of you who sign up to be on my mailing list because I want to let you know about amazing deals in the homeschool world and when sales are coming up and curriculum sales and all the best things I'm learning in the homeschool world. So I want to share those with you. So if you want to join and jump on my list, I will give you access to that resource library. You can find out more at 41more.com forward slash library. So this is episode number 29, and it's kind of a part two series. In the last episode, we talked about how to start homeschooling, but we really dealt with the mindset because before you do the nitty gritty and start planning, you have to get some things underway in your mind and get some uh, reasonable expectations and really understand what you're getting into. But once that's set, and if you haven't listened to that, I'd, I'd stop this podcast, go back and listen to episode 28, and that's part one. But this is kind of part two, because once you're ready, you understand what, what's going on, you understand yourself, the law, your kids' personalities, now you're ready to jump in, and sometimes you just want someone to kind of tell you how to do it, right? Homeschooling can feel really foreign, especially if you've grown up in the traditional school system, Or you might have even been a teacher like I was in the public school system. And it's just a kind of a crazy thing to think, okay, what does homeschool look like? Because I'll tell you this, a lot of people are making it so much harder than it needs to be because they're trying to replicate school at home. And that's not necessary. And it's really probably not ideal. So here are the things you need to think about. We're going to do five main points today. And so let's jump right in. Point number one is budget. Budget can be kind of a dirty word that some of us do not like to think about. We just want to jump in and just buy stuff when we see it, you know, go to the dollar store. Oh, look at all these things we can use in homeschool and go on Amazon and do the same thing. But you've got a budget because especially if you're on one income, which a lot of us are, two thirds of homeschool families, studies have shown, are doing it on one income because a lot of the time, if you're staying home to homeschool the kids, you're probably not working full time. Some of you are, and my hat is off to you. It it seems very, like you have to be really organized and really dedicated. I know it can be done. There are a lot of you doing it. 
but there are probably more of us living on one income. So it's essential to budget. And if you've never homeschooled before, you don't really know, like, what's this going to cost? Now, listen, I've had people before that never homeschooled and they told me in real life, they said, oh yeah, I was about to, you know, drop a thousand dollars on this homeschool program. And they actually weren't even committed to homeschooling. They thought they might, but they weren't sure. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, like sometimes people just go in and they don't know. I said, no way. I said, if you're not even committed, don't spend money. There are ways to get into it cheaply and for a low price. Don't ever just dump a thousand dollars in unless you have that money to spend and you're good with it. But I would say to budget. Now you need to know about different categories. So of course there might be curriculum costs. You're going to have supplies. You're going to have field trips that you might want to do that might cost money. Is there a co-op that you're going to be a part of? Sometimes they have fees. Definitely don't neglect your professional development. So books, conferences, online courses. Hey, if the kids are home all day, you're going to actually need to maybe up the grocery budget a bit. I mean, I'm telling you, my five kids are always hungry and they're eating all day. So it's a little crazy, right? Especially when they get to be teenagers. So maybe extra food. And how about activities that you want to do? Gym class, music lessons, um, you know, like science camp, whatever. What you guys want to do? These are budget items that you need to kind of um, estimate and and figure out, okay, what's it going to cost us to homeschool this year? Is it going to cost realistically $500? Well, then break that down. You know, a little less than $50 a month in the budget will cover us for a year of homeschooling. And see if you can save that money before you start homeschooling so that you're, or at least, you know, saving enough to budget per month, save that 50. Don't spend the 50 until you definitely have it in the budget category. So that's point number one is budgeting. And if you go to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 29, I will have a download for you, one page budgeting sheet for homeschooling. So definitely check that out. I'll put other links there as well. Okay. Point number two is is, okay, once you want to start homeschooling, what do you do? You, you budget for it first, but then, of course, you're ready to plan. Now, this does not mean a big teacher planner, and I need to know days 1 through 180, what every kid is doing, what workbook pages, what you know history pages. No way. I never plan like that. You can, if, if you love it and it energizes you, go for it. But most of us go crazy, get stressed out with that over-the-top planning, you know, philosophy or whatever. You are not a classroom teacher. You do not have a school district unless your school district requires this. But I don't know. I live in a state that's kind of one of the worst for homeschool laws, and we don't even have to show our daily plans or, you know, detailed lesson plans. So I'm really going to guess that most of you don't either. Double-check the homeschool law. But when you're planning for this year, what I mean by that is a general plan. You have to start out general, then you can start to put some details in. But I never get detailed. Because how do I know if we're going to have a week where we get the flu, and then all those plans I wrote in that book are not going to work, or maybe my child is having trouble with math, and so we have to progress slower. You know, if I plan my whole year before it even starts... I'm going to be scrapping that plan probably by week three, and then that was a lot of waste of time. So don't go the detailed lesson planning route. Do this simple plan. Here's all you need to do. Get a big sheet of, you know, just eight and a half by 11. 
List all your kids down one side and all the subjects across the other way. So you have a nice little grid. Make make lines. So say kids are down the left side and subjects are written across the top. And create columns and rows and make yourself a little spreadsheet. And then start writing in what you're going to do a general plan. So you have a first grader and a, you know, a fifth grader and a ninth grader. Okay. First grader. What, what do you have to figure out? Let's figure out what math curriculum and let's figure out like a plan for phonics, reading and language arts. Okay. Let's start there. Um, can you group any kids together? Like there are so many questions you're going to ask, right? Um, what if you have a first and a second grader in the, in your school? Well, you're probably going to give them each their own math, each their own language arts, and then everything else you're going to have them do together. That is going to simplify your life. So that's what I mean by planning, just a general plan. You don't have to know every little detail right now, but you might start listing. Okay, they're going to do the same science. They're going to do the same history. We do art together. That's going to make it easier. Okay, my fifth grader, what do I need to do for them? You start listing out what you know. If you have blanks in there, it's fine. You just need to start getting a plan. And as you learn about homeschooling and study up and a few other points I'm going to mention are going to help you fill out this plan, you'll be better off. Listen, your your high schooler also, they need a general plan, okay? So look at your uh, state's requirements. What do they need to graduate? Well, then your, your high schooler is going to need to start making sure you get those credits ticked off on their transcript. So this is what I mean by a general plan. Once again, head to the show notes and I'll give you a printable. You can just print right out and start planning. That's point number two. Here's point number three. I always think when you're going to start homeschooling, you need to simplify. Now, there's one piece of advice I do give where, you know, your first year, it's okay if you want to buy things that are done for you. If you don't feel like you can create your own homeschooling plan and, you know, pull from this and pull from this and decide on your own, if you feel more comfortable picking a well-known publisher and just buying their whole second grade package and you have the budget for it, you can do it. I'm not saying you can't. And sometimes that's just a better security blanket for people. So go for that if it's your first year and that makes you feel comfortable. You're not going to ruin your kids and it doesn't mean they're going to do this forever. You can always branch off if you find things that aren't working. All right. So if you wanted to go that route, definitely do it. There's no shame in it. But if you feel like, okay, I can piece together a general homeschooling plan for this year, I would say your key is simplify, simplify, simplify. Let's talk about a few ways to do that. I've already mentioned one way to simplify, which is putting different grades or multiple ages together. For the big bulk of the beginning chunk of our homeschooling journey as a family, we, we only had four kids at the time. They, they're all boys, and they are only, between the youngest and the oldest boy, there's only five years. So yes, four boys in five years meant we could do a ton of school together at the elementary levels. Now, once they started reaching high school, they kind of started branching off on their own. I can't really do stuff together anymore. But for many years, this is how I kept my sanity. I wanted them to learn French because they were born in Canada, were they're dual citizens. I said, like, we need to learn French. So, you know, we're going to do it together. We always did history together. We always did science together, art together, Bible. I mean, pretty much everything except language, arts, and math we were doing together. Do you know how much this simplified everything for me? 
it was amazing. And then you're not, the kids aren't working on stuff by themselves. They're working together. So if you can ever simplify and put them together, I would definitely recommend that. There are lots of curriculums that will do that for you that is made for homeschool that, you know, shows you, okay, if you have a younger kid, here's what they do, but then the older kid can learn the same topic, but here's their assignments. So that's a great way to simplify. Number two, another way to simplify is in your scheduling. Don't imagine homeschooling as eight to three, bells ringing, every class has a certain time you have to begin. And especially in the elementary years, unless your state specifies otherwise, you don't have to do every subject every day. Um, There are some things like even history and science, art, language, Bible, uh, poetry, narration, um, nature study, like all these kind of extra things. I, I say extra, not like they're not important, but I'm saying they might not need to be done every day. You can use what's called a loop schedule. So list out what your loop is. And I mean, don't make it 10 things. Maybe uh, four or five, three to five, say, three to five things that you want to put in your loop. So say it's science, history, art. Say that's a loop, okay? What you do is you list those three things. You put it on a chart. You can put it somewhere so the kids can visualize it. And every day you do school, maybe it's right after lunch, you say, okay, this is our loop time. What You pick which which item you're doing. So maybe it starts with science. So you, you start school on Monday. You do science right after lunch. Perfect. Tuesday, right after lunch, what do you want? Well, the next thing in your loop is social studies. So you do that. Wednesday, maybe you have doctor's appointments. And so you skip that day with, with your after lunch activity. Okay. Thursday, we're not off schedule because we have a loop. It's not dedicated to a certain day. We just have a loop, which helps us know the order we go in. Okay. Thursday, right after lunch, we're doing art. Friday, we do school again, right after lunch. What are we doing now? Well, we've done our loop. We've done science, social studies, art. Now we're ready to loop back up to the top of the list and start with science. So this week we did science twice, but that's okay because next week one of the other loop subjects will probably be hit twice. And it's just a way to keep going with certain subjects without having an overwhelming schedule where you say science is Monday, social studies is Tuesday, art is Wednesday. And then if you get off by a day or two, it ruins your whole schedule and you feel crazy. It's a way to gently simplify your schedule. So definitely look into looping in the elementary years, K through eight, you can do this with a lot of subjects. Okay. And then one other thing to mention When you're simplifying homeschool, you need to have a proper philosophy of what is really, what does education look like at the different grade levels? What is a proper expectation? Here's the thing. In kindergarten through eighth grade, your kids will not master everything and they might not master anything. But what you need to worry about is the tools of learning, math and language, Okay, those are your keys. Don't don't neglect those. Those are your keys because if they learn those things, everything else is exposure. You want your kids to be exposed to topics in science and social studies and art and logic and all of these things, but they're not going to learn everything. So this is why you can take a relaxed approach, especially in kindergarten through eighth grade, because the kids are not going to learn and master everything. 
Now, homeschooling in ninth through 12th can be a little bit different because you're filling out transcripts, you're looking at graduation requirements, so there might be a little more structure put on your homeschool, but it can still be done in a simplified way, mainly by realizing that you want to work yourself out of a job. Your role as the teacher is going to change. You're not a direct instructor every day. You want to find curriculum that speaks to your student directly, that's open and go, that they can mainly work on independently with some help from you. You're like the mentor and the cheerleader and the manager of their educational experience, but you really want to move your kids toward total active learning and very much independence in their ninth through 12th grade years. So that's how to simplify the high school years. And definitely outsource if you can and if you want to. One of my students, we've always done math um, in a a traditional textbook way, but it's worked for us and we like this publisher. But one of my kids needed a bit more one-on-one this year and we had the chance to try an online math course, which has totally been a game changer. This is going to really help me this year and I'm excited about this change for this one student. The rest of my kids are doing what we've always done because it works for them, but my one one kid needed a change. So look for things like that, ways to simplify. Just because you start out with one curriculum doesn't mean you're stuck with it forever and be willing to pivot. Okay, that's point number three is simplify. Point number four, let's talk about styles of homeschooling briefly. If you're just new to this homeschooling journey, which is who I'm talking to in this episode, you might be a little confused when you hear all these terms thrown out there. I mean, there are there are so many flavors of homeschooling, uh, you know, you can't probably can't really count them. Here are some of the main ones, okay? Um, a textbook style or a, a box publisher would be Sunlight, Bob Jones, Abeka, these different publishers who just actually give you a whole grade level. They would say, okay, you're doing second grade, purchase this entire curriculum for se- for second grade. It's very much a traditional uh, way to be schooled. And sometimes you watch videos, you do a lot of workbooks, and that's one way to go. If that helps you get into your first year, there's nothing wrong with starting out that way. Another educational philosophy you might have heard about is classical homeschooling, which really focuses on teaching kids how to learn. And they think of learning in the three stages of learning, which would be grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And this is based really on the learning model of the Middle Ages. And really, um, that's why it's called classical. It's, It's really been around a long time. And so some famous names in this category would be Well-Trained Mind, Story of the World, Classical Conversations, My Father's World, and Memoria Press and Veritas Press. So you can find, if you're wondering, like, where can I get a list of all these things, I will also drop uh, a link in the show notes for these kind of things. You can print them out. They have links. You can find all these publishers and do a little bit of exploring to see what fits you. Okay, another style of homeschooling we would be Charlotte Mason, and this has um, become very popular again recently. Charlotte Mason was a 19th century educator, and she advocates for living books, nature journals, music, art, poetry, and great literature. And some of the publishers who would go with the Charlotte Mason method would be Sunlight, Ambleside Online, and Five in a Row. This is a great um, learning method if you've got young kids and you just want a very gentle approach to homeschooling that's very hands-on, nature-oriented, reading wonderful literature, the Charlotte Mason method is really great. 
Um, unit study method is also something that some families like. Unit studies would be very hands-on, literature-based, and you would encompass multiple subjects through one topic. So if your children said, let's learn about Pearl Harbor, you would learn about Pearl Harbor, but you would learn the history. And then there might be geography because you're learning about where it's located and you might branch into some World War II and the geography of where these different countries are. You're, you might study the culture. You might write about the different, you know, you might write stuff about what they learned. So, I mean, you're pulling in different subjects in this one unit study. You can also do multiple grades together with this method. Um, if you buy already made unit studies, it makes your life a lot easier, but you can create your own as well. And there's some great resources for that. I will link to a lot of these things in the show notes. So some uh, publishers who would be involved in unit study type philosophy of education would be My Father's World, Tapestry of Grace, Learning Adventures, and Five in a Row. Okay, I'm only going to mention a few more, but if you want some more ideas, you can find them in my link in the show notes. But, you know, let's mention one more because I think this is what I am and a lot of families I know. We would call ourselves eclectic because we love aspects of a lot of different methods, but we don't, we're not purists. I don't, I love Charlotte Mason, but I've never been a purist. Maybe in our younger years, we did a bit more her style. You know, I do use textbooks for some things. I might use unit studies and I do love classical education. And there are some things that we use that are from that sphere. So I would call myself a total eclectic. Um, And it depends on your kids, right? Some of them might really resonate with one style above the other. You also have to look at yourself and what you feel comfortable with. So there are lots of variables, but being an eclectic homeschooler is totally fine. In eclectic homeschooling, you use what works and leave the rest. And it's not really a style, but it's really a collection of styles that you use to fit your own kids and your own situation. And this is where I say to homeschool with Moxie means to embrace the journey and find your groove. You need to find what fits you guys the best. You can't copy the next you know, person down the street that's homeschooling because they are in a totally different situation, different kids, different everything. So you need to look around and see what might fit you. Now, don't worry if this is your first year and you think I have no earthly idea. It's okay to try them out. So do a little research, download my uh, my PDF about the different styles and see what you resonate with and go ahead and try it for a year. You can totally pivot. Another great resource is kathyduffyreviews.com. If you're looking into curriculum and want to know what it's like before you purchase and you know um, who it's recommended for and what are the pros and cons, she reviews homeschool curriculum, and it's an amazing resource. Before you put the money down, check out some uh, products before you buy them. Okay, we're almost done. So how to start homeschooling. This, these are the practical steps. We talked about budgeting. We talked about making a general plan for the first year. We talked about simplifying, we talked about a few different styles to consider, and now let's finally just talk about scheduling, because a lot of people say, what's the schedule like? You know, do, what, is, what does a day in school look like? I'm going to do some future episodes giving you sample days from my life with elementary kids, with teenagers, with a whole range of students, so those will be some upcoming episodes to look forward to, but here are a few scheduling tips to think about. Number one, loop scheduling. I already talked about this, but that's a great way to help 
start homeschooling out without going crazy. Number two is block scheduling. So how you would do block scheduling might be, um, you might say, well, we will do science for six weeks and then the next six weeks they'll do social studies and then switch off and on. So you don't do them both all the time. You might say we will do a semester of this and then the next semester of this. Um, block scheduling is also great for your general homeschool days. Some families for to do their 180 days or whatever is required for them. They might say we're doing six weeks of school, take a week off. Six weeks of school, take a week off. Whatever, whatever makes sense. There is no one way you have to homeschool. Some families literally homeschool all year round, but take off a big chunk at Christmas, big chunk in the spring, another month in the summer. But other than that, they keep going all year. I love that idea too. Some families homeschool four days a week, leave the fifth day for freedom. Hey, that's awesome. You can do what you want. You're homeschooling. As long as you fit in with your, the laws of where you live, you're fine. So loop scheduling, block scheduling. Number three is a work box. I did work boxes all the time when my kids were little. It's a great way to organize our home day, homeschool day. The kids know what to work on. So basically, I'll, I'll link to some things about work boxes, and I should probably do a little post about that too. But basically, a work box is a visual and kinesthetic way to organize your day. So you might have a, a set of those plastic drawers. You know, maybe you have, maybe there's six or 10 drawers, and your second grader is going to go through each drawer. When he's done and does everything that you've put in that drawer, he has done his school day. And you can visualize this with little stickers or little. Um, signs that are on each drawer that when he completes them, he puts them on a chart. I mean, there are lots of ways to do this visually to help your kids. But basically, you know, the first drawer might be math. So you'd put his math sheet in for the day and everything else he needs for math. He finishes that drawer. He gets the next one out. That might be spelling and you put in what he needs to do or what, you know, the next one might be um, his book he needs to read for reading and the questions he needs to answer. Do you see what I mean? Every drawer has what needs to be done. So that's a great way to organize. Now, I graduated, we graduated from work boxes, my older kids. My youngest still is going to use work boxes this year. My older kids have graduated to online um, organization. And I highly recommend Trello. I've done a lot of posts and and information on that. I will link to that rather than explain it all here because this podcast is running a little long today. But Trello is free. It's online. I set it once for the year and spend about five minutes every Friday getting ready for the next week. I This is how I do my lesson planning. This is how I organize our whole homeschool, including chores and everything I expect my kids to get done. It works great for us. I highly recommend it. And I'm going to put a bunch of links about Trello in the show notes. So I hope this episode has helped. If you have more questions about how to start homeschooling, email me at abby at 4winmore.com. And I would love to hear from you. And it might just be a future episode on the podcast. If you love this podcast and it's been helpful, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast and share it with your friends because the more we can help each other out, the better. And double check my show notes at 41more.com forward slash 29. And thanks for joining me today. In the meantime, happy homeschooling.